Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Are we on again? It's Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got work to do. This is too much fun being with you guys. Every Tuesday, I know. Oh, yeah, but I love it. Um, You know, it makes me feel warmer just talking about baseball. That's true. And uh, to let you know, I got an email a few seconds ago from the AD at the high school letting me know that he thinks they'll have me back to coach the freshmen this year. Yay. He thinks it's it's a it's a strong maybe. He needs to talk to the new varsity. You had a lot of coach. fun last year when you oh, were coaching. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it was great. And I loved every one of those kids, mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know they all didn't love me, but that's life. It's okay. Uh, with us as usual is Corey. He's no longer a coach. He's just my good friend Stuart. I like that. I'll take that. What did we have for Thanksgiving, Corey? Oh, we had everything. I mean, we had chicken, turkey. Green bean casserole, uh, fried apples. Uh, there was salad. There was pasta. You guys do it right at your house. Yeah, my wife. My wife's an overachiever. Ah, good for Donna. Thank for you, sure. Donna. And and she's an overachiever because I'm an enabler. <laughs> and because uh, you like eating. Well, not so much. You know, I I would have been happy to have pizza for Thanksgiving. I would order have been pizza. I sure. would have been. Ha- I'd have been just as happy to be with everybody and without all the hubbub. But mm-hmm. my wife wants to make sure everybody is appreciated and well cared for. <laughs> well, also with us today is uh, is uh, the guy who really holds the show together. It's true. It's Ethan the Statman Pearlman. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's post, always good post, to have you here. Post Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how we do this without you. It's true because if we didn't have him, we wouldn't have nothing really to talk about. Because <laughs> he he has the absolutes, right? He does. We're kind of subjective, you know. We think we we like. Oh, there was a trade made. <laughs> I don't know. But Ethan knows the story. Well, he that's knows why he's everything the, that's going. That's why he's on. the stat man. And a very special uh, guest today because we're going to talk about some free agency things, maybe a little bit about Rule Five. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, my friend, a uh, mortgage banking buddy of mine, but a guy who knows baseball, David Kaner. Uh, it's good to be here post Thanksgiving and you know, just reminding me of how much leftovers we still have at the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit turkeyed out, uh, about, you know, but uh, I'm on my last sandwich. I think, I think tonight will be it. Well, uh, a lot to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my friend David here is, uh, I think, uh, about to be determined uh, in the next couple of years, a total recovery from a very debilitating disease uh, because somebody somewhere got tested for their bone marrow and gave it to you. Yeah, two-year uh, anniversary was October 25th. I finally got the information of who gave it to me. They, they wow. wait. And uh, some guy in the middle of nowhere, Germany, population 1,000. Wow. Really? Yeah. You know, and his name is Stefan. And I haven't written him back yet because I haven't quite uh, figured out how I want to thank him. I and mean, how do you thank somebody who just saved your life? Right. And you don't even know. You don't know. You don't know. And I don't know if he speaks English. So exactly. So I might have to do that Google transfer English Trans- to Germany. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, German. Uh, uh, 
you know, thing. It's a, but it's amazing. My doctors were really happy. Uh, they said, I, we don't even need to see you for every six months now. So it went from once a week mm-hmm. to once a month to once every three months to every, now it's every six months. That's so, fantastic. Well, David was on with us a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And you could take a look at that uh, at that episode mm-hmm. versus how David looks today. He's put on some weight. You look mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. He's back to mm-hmm. his fighting weight. Oh yeah, uh, one sixty. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, I'm thrilled for you, man. I'm I, happy. I'm happy. I, uh, uh, you know, there was a baseball player last year who had leukemia, I think, on Cleveland. Okay. Mm-hmm. And boy, was he able to tackle it way better than me because you know he's a Top flight athlete, and uh, he he came back like mm-hmm. and played. Wow! Uh, so uh, I was like, uh, I'm 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 blessed, you know, because not everybody uh, not everybody makes it. Not everybody yeah. else. Yeah, right. uh, so you know, there's a there's a moral to this story. Uh, you want to do something good for somebody. Uh, get tested. See if you could be a donor. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even hurt now. They just put no, you right. on medicine that makes your body uh, create more stem cells, and then you just give some of that blood. The scientists go in, the biologists, they pull out the uh, stem cells, and 24 hours later, they deliver it and save somebody's life. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. also incredible that it's all the way, you know, almost across the world that yeah. you found. 100% match. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Out of all the people in the world. My that, brother was only a 50% match. So my that own. That says a lot. My own family, my sister was zero. Yeah. So I was telling Jess earlier that, you know, early in the 80s, they just gave you marrow from your family because that's all they that's knew. That's all they knew. That's, that's all, all they, they knew. knew. So 30 years later, they, they, you know, they know the genome. They know what's going on, and they can find people all around the world. So, yeah, it doesn't cost you anything to donate your stem cells. Incredible, it costs you time. Fantastic. Well, let's get back to baseball. This day in baseball history, what happened in 1968? This was, this was, uh, this was a big deal. Yes, in uh, 1968, after the dominance of pitching the previous season, Denny McLean, um, 31 wins. Major League Baseball uh, Rules Committee adopts a few changes, which includes decreasing the size of the strike zone and lowering the height of the pitcher's mound from 15 inches to 10 inches to hopefully increase run scoring in both leagues for the upcoming season. Well, uh, if that's what did it, it certainly it certainly worked. Uh, we're seeing more runs, more home runs than ever. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference in uh, in the approach at the plate now too. The thought is the ball is juiced. Who knows? But certainly that made a difference. That lowering of the mound was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know that it's bad. Because you know the, the mounds we play on here locally, uh, some of them are flat anyway. <laughs> but it makes that Very 90, true, or you're standing in a hole. <laughs> but it makes that 95 mile an hour fastball predictable when it's coming. When you're down 3-0, you're either going to challenge them or you're just not. You know, because if they're you know major league uh, guys are if they're waiting sitting on a 95 even a 100 mile an hour fastball, they can hit right. it. But on the opposite yeah. end of that, I mean, yeah. you remember why Doug Fister was so dominant with that arm release along with how he pitched and I mean, what he struck out 15 in a game that was that tied the record I think for 
as much strikeouts for a, a Tigers pitcher or whatever. And but he was tall. He was like six seven, mm-hmm. and his his downward motion. He fooled a lot of batters. He wasn't big on speed. He wasn't big on. He didn't have a oh, pocket no, full. It's a complete optical illusion. It is a complete optical yeah. illusion. So yeah, having that that you know going from 15 inches to 10 inches and then you know it that height it changes a lot of where the batter sees it. Well, given that you'd give another five inches to Randy Johnson, right? Who's <laughs> already well, six eight. Well, and he's the killed fact a bird. That he was a lefty. Doesn't. No, that too. Well, we all have natural abilities that are left-handed. <laughs> that angle that he came from was just uh, unhittable. I remember in the uh, All-Star game where the guy just gave up and he just, you know, backed away when he was on the mound. He just oh, that was a uh, Kronk. Kronk. Yeah, Kronk. Yeah. Is that how you're saying Kronk? Yeah. Crock, yeah, <laughs> it's John yeah. Crock, right? Yeah. Yeah. Crock is the gym. He could hit that gym. guy. He's like. He was like, I forget it. I can't. I can't hit this guy. That guy's yeah. funny. Yeah, he was He's funny. funny. I was. He was with uh, Philadelphia, right? Right. Right. Well, what else happened in baseball history in 2014? Yeah, some more uh, relevant. Uh, 2014, the original league field in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, which was the birthplace of Little League baseball, is placed on the national register. Uh, this is a site where founder Carl Stotts used newspapers to determine the approximate size of infields for children a year before organizing the first game in 1939. So, uh, how, how deep are the fences there? Do you know? 200? Are we, are we talking at Williamsport? Yeah. 200? I think it's like. Yeah, two twenty to center. I'd have a chance. One eighty, one eighty to the to the poles. I think. Oh. If I pulled one, I might have a chance to get one eighty. I mean, really? some of these kids there, they'll hit two hundred seventy foot bomb. Oh yeah. yeah, like they don't get cheated. Nope. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just want to hit one out. I don't care if they just move the fences in for me one time. Uh-huh. I'd have a chance. But I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> well. Uh, Never say never, Jess. Never say never. Well, you know, they've had a few overage players in mm-hmm. the World Series at Williamsport. So mm-hmm. you think I could pass, pass for, what is it, 13? 13? They, they actually lowered the age going into this year. You cannot be, I believe, 13 anymore. Really? I believe it is 10 to 12 is the age grouping now. Because yeah, but even those 10 to 12-year-olds look, you know, they're bigger and taller than me and have more facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, I know you're jealous. I can't grow a beard. November mm. for me is just November. a normal November <laughs> for me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, it's time to talk about one of our sponsors. I want to thank uh, Century Mortgage Lending for uh, helping us pay for this nonsense. Uh, A great mortgage lender. Uh, They've refinanced my house. I got to tell you, I'm so appreciative. I was in an adjustable rate mortgage. That was going to go up significantly, and uh, I'm I'm down in the mid threes now, and I'm thrilled that uh, they took care of me, and it was really no fuss. Now, I gave them all the paperwork that was needed, and from having been in the mortgage business for 37 years, I knew what was needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if you'll give them what they need to get the job done, they'll get it done for you quickly, expeditiously. Uh, they they sent the title rep out to my house, uh, sat down with my wife and I. We had a little tea and 
sign the papers. And it was all done, and everything was done right. It was great. Um, if you want to talk to them, 248-258-4977. That's 248-258-4977. Talk to Elizabeth or Paul. Tell them we told you to call. The people at Baseball Mainly said to call. Or tell them Jess said to call. 248-258-4977. Or you can look at the look them up on the website, centuryml.com. That's Century. MortgageLending.com, CenturyML.com, 248-258-4977. They're NMLS number 134525. They are an equal housing lender. Uh, well, what else going on, guys? What are we going to talk about today? Free agency? It's I the offseason. Yeah, we, we got some big-name signings, some trades. The I Tigers see Blaine have, Hardy got signed. The Tigers have done nothing. Blaine Hardy, my mm-hmm. favorite lefty on the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No offense to Daniel Stumpf, who also got let go. Mm-hmm. Um, Blaine Hardy, uh, here's a little guy with a lot of heart that yep. could pitch. Yeah. So, so much so got, that he actually got to be a starting pitcher for a second, and they actually did well. And he si- got signed to a minor league deal, was it with Minnesota? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Minnesota is a team that... that uh, you know they don't know talent because they they keep signing people who just perform, uh, a la Randy Dobnak, mm-hmm. uh, a la the whole team. If you look at that team, you know how'd they get to the playoffs? Yeah. Well, it doesn't hurt when you got Nelson Cruz. <laughs> Minnesota well, and the Rays they they do it with mirrors. They do great drafting. They get players over and over and over, and uh, it just seems like they. They know how to bounce back and, and take a shot every couple of years with very limited resources. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, who you like uh, there? Uh, who do I like on this, on this list that we've uh, put together? I want to talk about the San Diego trade with uh, Milwaukee because that is going to be—it's a very big trade, mm-hmm. but a lot of people have no idea of at least three or all the names involved. Mm-hmm. Um, Milwaukee got a great second-base prospect in Luis Urias and uh, got a solid, for their rotation, three- or four-starter in Eric Lauer, Mm -hmm. who has the potential to be a two, and in Milwaukee, possibly an ace. Mm. Um, I know him personally from playing, you know, being against him in college. The guy's got stuff. He's, in my opinion, just a not as tall version of Chris Sale. The kid's got amazing movement. So did he tear up uniforms in the locker room? (laughs) Okay. We're talking baseball ability, not antics. But, I mean, he was the the NCAA Pitcher of the Year coming out of a, a school that most people don't know. Right. And when you when you have the talent, and he rose through the minor league system, I think, quicker than what they expected. Um... I think that Milwaukee got a steal, especially because you're going to be paying them less money than San Diego's taking on, and mm-hmm. you got two great young players. Well, San Diego is—it's uh, a franchise that looks like they're close to being ready to win, right? Yeah. Are these but, are these pieces going to be good for San Diego? The, the Grisham piece of, and Davies. Grisham's K- got. Some time to still spend in the minors, in my opinion. Davies, 
in my opinion, he had a decent year last year, but he's a step down from where Eric Lauer, I think, will end up compared to where Zach Davies will end up. Um, but I think what San Diego is thinking, we're going to trade away some key pieces that right now don't fit what we want. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring in some pieces that maybe will give us some value and A, either deal them later on or cut them loose if we can get a guy like Garrett Cole or get a guy like Steven. I think they're trying to make it more appealing to some key free agents that like, hey, now you can have a bigger role here versus having to kind of fall by the wayside. No, that makes a lot of sense. So you think before some of these deals are made that they're already talking to guys who are free agents and have a good indication that that guy will come if we can make whatever deal in front of you? I, I think they or have. Am I reading too I much? I think they have it? an idea of who they want and who they need to go after. And for San Diego, their biggest hole is a true ace. And right now, you got you had five or six guys vying for five rotation spots. So somebody had to be the odd man out to get traded or released. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to release any of their starters because they got them under contract for so long that trading them made the most sense. And getting a guy like Grisham, you wouldn't have gotten him for Eric Lauer straight up. So you throw in a second baseman who is being blocked right now by what you have already. Do you think uh, San Diego has a real shot at getting one of those guys when you see the Yankees are just knowing that they are just going to throw a lot of money at that position? I mean, they're talking about going after... Cole and Strasburg, mm-hmm. and they oh. and they are scheduled to meet with both of them. But I don't think either one's going to end up in New York. Or if they end up in New York, it won't be with the Yankees. It seems like Yankees oh. have lost some of their appeal now that the money situation at the top is kind of at a point where you really get nailed if you go over uh, the luxury. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boston was handcuffed. The whole year, they're handcuffed again this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when they had their guys opt in instead of opt out, yeah. they're stuck. And they yeah. have mm-hmm. they can't even bounce back this year, I don't think. Yeah. No. I mean, think if the Rays are going to be better than uh, the Sox. So, I, yeah. I mean, Boston, that's why in some of these projected trade rumors where they're like, should they trade Mookie Betts? It's, you may be able to get Mookie Betts for less if you take on David Price and his large salary or take yeah. on J.D. Martinez and his large salary. They're trying to package people together so that they're no longer handcuffed in that situation. Gee, that doesn't sound familiar at all. <laughs> uh, but they did whoa. get rid of the guy who could have pulled off that tray and Dave Dabrowski. They I mean, they cut him loose because he uh, traded all the prospects away. Um, didn't you kind of know that going in? Yeah. <laughs> well, and but here's the yeah, deal. He wasn't going to change up his scheme from right. right. when he was right. in the Tigers. I think I think in business you say to the guy, okay, you're a gunslinger. Uh-huh. Dombrowski's a gunslinger, right? So we see what you do. We know how you do it. We're willing, we will accept that, but we expect the result. We want high risk right? with high reward. But he, got, but he won. He, he did. did. He did. But like he didn't this year. No, but nope. <laughs> you're only good as your last World Series, yeah, right? Yeah, kind of like, the, kinda like yeah. the mortgage business yeah. right, with right, the real right. estate agent. <laughs> you're right. only as good as your last deal. But yeah. I'm just going to say, Yankees haven't won in how many years now? Uh, what was it, 09 was the last time? How's that GM still uh, working? Uh, well, and my whole thing with New York is they can't, if they want to keep some of their young players, you can't afford to give Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg or both of them 
$300 million deals because then you have nothing to give Aaron Judge. You have Zero. nothing to give Glaber Torres. You have nothing to give Gary Sanchez. You're already giving a crap ton of money to a guy that you traded for in Giancarlo Stanton mm-hmm. who didn't play that much for you because he was so hurt. Yeah. Oh, they, they need to decide, are they going to take the young route or do they really want to do the win-now route and lose some of their players for future years when they actually could be competitive? Well, they're, they're a real hard-nosed center fielder. Help me. Uh, uh, Gardner? Yeah. Yeah. They, they oh, didn't. God. They let him go. So there's nobody some, there's some him, saving. Please. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I, I I can't stand the guy. I mean, yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's a firecracker and uh, a I firecracker that, on like uh, I don't know what. Uh, I don't it, know. It doesn't. Uh, t- here's a question that to back to Dombrowski a little bit. Say we won in 2012. Say we won it all against San Francisco, mm-hmm. and it was a great series, and those contracts paid off. But then the next year, we lose outright, and we had a terrible season. And we didn't win the division, and we didn't make the playoffs. Do, do you think Illich at that point still holds on to Dombrowski, or does he cut bait? If, I know if, it's all you know, you, factual, you but I think would if, you Mike, if, uh-huh. if Mike Illich is alive, yeah. yes. Yeah. Right? Uh, he, Dombrowski was his guy mm-hmm. until Dombrowski appeared to be disloyal by by. You know, shopping himself around other teams. Would we have been safe from bigger contracts, though, saying that we had a World Series in our pocket with Dombrowski and the team that he built? Would we have been safe? Would you think he would have made the types of moves like with Martinez and and all these other pitchers and bringing on you know and trading away prospects? Do you think we would have been safe in that fact of we wouldn't have had to deal with the high contracts that we? Did? I think if he won the World Series, which is what his goal was, mm-hmm. he would have been okay with that point of just breaking it down and getting under the cap and saving sure. some money and 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 looking towards the future. He just wanted that one win. He had his Stanley Cup. Yep. He wanted his World Series. He yeah. played baseball, so baseball meant to way more to him than hockey. True. But uh, in regards to that Dombrowski shopping himself around, he shopped himself around because he was asking for an extension, and he wasn't getting it. Right. So at that point, you you have to look out for yourself sure. at that point. But he basically told uh, uh, Illich that he was not going to be able to uh, win with his team. He had a start trading off pieces, and, 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 and for Illich, he couldn't handle that. So as soon as he made that trade, uh, Dombrowski sealed his own fate once he you know, made that trade with Toronto, traded away David Price, and got those uh, three prospects, which, which is Boyd, uh, Norris, yep. and, and the one guy, he's gone by now. I forgot what his name was. Well, I, I really, uh, I, in, I was thrilled that Dombrowski was here. Uh, he did. I think he did a great job. He made exciting he baseball. Did, he did what he was hired to do. Got right? us to two World Series. We just didn't win. He put butts mm-hmm. in the seats. Well, you know, uh, the guys in the office don't play the game, right? It's true. It has to be played on the field. And yeah. somebody wins, somebody loses. Yeah. By the way, in, in both of those series, in, in the playoffs, who did we beat to get there? The Yankees and, and Oakland. And Oakland. Yeah, Oakland yeah. yeah, both times. Yeah. yeah. The Yankees who had... You know, this, this is. Well, we were up in Boston, and, and we. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I keep on reliving that horror. Of yeah. where we, we were just up. We just, we just all fell apart in Boston. That was yeah. it. It's that big poppy problem. Yeah. Oh, that big, big poppy. poppy. Hey, here's an interesting. Uh, one of these uh, guys who was a free agent that's been signed. 
Mike Moustakis Moose, in Cincinnati Moose. as a second baseman. It's interesting. I mean, he, he played second base pretty much 90% of the year in Milwaukee. The only thing I question with this move is Cincinnati it is. is trying to push themselves into one of the top two teams in the NL Central. <laughs> They're willing to pay the money. Their, their lineup looks decent. Their pitching rotation... Could be above average. Well, now they have Trevor Bauer. They got Trevor Bauer and they got uh, Castillo, who yeah. had a great year last year. Yep. My opinion, though, they don't have the support of of a good fan base. No, well, they have a wonderful and that, stadium. And, and, and that, they do. And that actually, whether or not you believe it or not, that does play a role oh, in sure, team's sure. performance. Um, I don't know. I still think Chicago, whether or not they do trade Chris Bryant, Chicago's still better. Milwaukee will be better. Cincinnati's grasping at straws even to try with, and even, win a division sure, title. Sure, even with the fan base, though, you look at like teams that have been successful. Tampa Bay didn't have a good fan base. Cleveland, after the you know previously, doesn't have. They were arguing. Even Trevor Bauer said, "I'm arguing for the fact." And David Price said that in Tampa. Why aren't there people in the seats? We're winning. We're winning at a high cap position, not getting paid a lot, and we're making it to the playoffs. Well, Why aren't we putting butts in the seats? Tampa Bay and Detroit, those are sold out games. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If, sure. if the Tampa Bay is in Detroit, that team, all those years, all the sold mm-hmm. out. Tell yeah. your fans going crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, this Mike Masakis deal is to re- replace Puig, right? No. No. Well, as a, as a hitter? I mean, no, 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 no. I'm talking about as a as a kind of a star player, right? Oh, right. You're thinking about from Puig a star is gone. Moustakis is here. In my opinion, though, they did that with Trevor Bauer. I think they Trevor did. Trevor Bauer is more Bauer of a star than Mike Puig, I think, I think was like well, here, an equal yeah. Here's for Here's my thinking wise. on this. Uh, where does Puig go? New York. <laughs> <laughs> he could go. But not the no, Yankees. He goes minute. to the Mets. I know <laughs> where you're going with this, and I don't want it, Jess. I read an article. I he don't might come here. want it. No, he's going out to be a halo. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. I, honestly, that would be actually really... He does love California. He, he does. does. And, and, the, and the Latin American players, let's be honest, these are people that grew up in nice weather. Yeah. Why would they want to play in New York or Detroit? Yeah. Well, history very other than money, yeah. <laughs> and money and his and and the money isn't here. Sure, the money might be in New York, but they've got a big payroll already. Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, Minnesota's not going to pay them big money. True, no, right. So why wouldn't you go someplace warm? I guess true. I mean, what I and think if I'm going someplace warm, it's going to be Texas. What we lack it's not in, be in weather, uh, I think we make up in front office and how it's kind of run. Like, you have K-Line, you have Trammel, you have Avila, you have all these guys that are very welcoming. And for you to feel accepted and like you're a part of the team and you're appreciated, I think is a lot to say for Detroit. Now, I'm saying that's not the only real reason why people would come to Detroit and play here, but I think when you have that much history in the front office, there's a lot of trust. The fan base is still good, even though, like, when you lose, we're going to let you know about it by not showing up. I think when if you're a true player, a prime player, I think that's why Cabrera loves Detroit so much. I think that's why Verlander loved Detroit so much, is the fact because of 
how much of there is a community here of baseball, real baseball? Yeah, you could go out and play for the Angels and play with Trout and play and get in, you know, beautiful weather. Otani. But also, the the hills are on fire, and all of a sudden you have a flash flood the next minute. <laughs> you know, it's like, are the Angels going to spoil Trout's career and just never win? Is that a real if that, possibility? If I mean, that true, is, that is a possibility, but they also have a very strong possibility of making a huge splash this um, this off season true. if they do things right. But don't they have to? I mean, Trout I just mean, won another MVP, you, and what does they, he have? You need to. Well, firing Osmus and bringing in Madden mm-hmm. was a huge step in the right direction. And for I that. truly yeah. believe they're going to trade for a guy who was just recently playing for Madden to fill out. The oh outfield, yes, and it would make this one of the most deadly outfield. Who's that? Chris Bryant. Oh, Chris whoa. Bryant. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Addison Russell. <laughs> well, I mean, Addison Russell's—he's in a boat of his own because of some of the issues he's had. Yeah, I know. But Chris Bryant is on the trade block, whether yeah. Chicago really wants him to be or not. But who do the Angels have? The, they have nobody. The to Angels trade. have Joe Adele. Yeah. And if I'm the Angels, I could either say. I will trade you Joe Adele for Chris Bryant, but you have to eat more of Bryant's contract, mm-hmm. or throw in a prospect with Chris Bryant, and you can have Joe Adele because Joe Adele, the Angels value him as the second coming of Mike Trout. He's a five-tool <laughs> athlete with more power. He lacks a little bit more of that speed, but they're the same guy, just different ages. But isn't Chris Bryant the face of the Cubs? I really don't believe I think he, he is was, anymore. I think Anthony was. Rizzo, Rizzo now is more. Our, yeah. More Rizzo. More yeah. Rizzo okay. and Wilson Contreras. Okay. But if you can bring in a guy like Puig, trade for a guy like Bryant, your outfield and your infield are pretty much set, mm-hmm. except for first base. And there's guys like Edwin Encarnacion that will be looking for deals. Yeah. If you get a guy like Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg to head up your pitching staff, you get Otani back this year, they could very easily contend with Oakland, with uh, Houston. Houston, it would Seattle. definitely. Uh, Se- uh, Seattle's at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I would, I would actually like to see the Angels win. I would too, because yeah. they they've been so uh, second tier for so long. Yeah, they, isn't they've been bad? No, they just haven't been good. Seattle did take Jared Kalanick uh, away from the Mets with that will. In two years, you're going to hear that name, and the Mets are going to be crying all over again. <laughs> Jared was the guy I wanted over uh, the, the the guy that we took with our first pick. Yeah, um, I loved his bat, and he's just crushing it. Lefty, power, gap hitter, five tool guy. You may like this guy we took. You may like him if he he's all, does, he's at he doesn't get hurt. What's his name? Help me. Our la- latest, our last draft pick. Oh. um... Um, uh, yeah, uh, Green, Riley Green. Riley Green. Not, no, not, Riley, not I love. I'm not talking Kyle. about the other guy, uh, the pitcher that we took. That's the year that Kellen. Oh, the first out. rounder? Um, Fiedo? No, Mize? no, no. Mize. 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 The year that Mize came yeah. out it was the same year Kellen came out. They were considering him number one. Hmm. I think Casey Mize is going to be okay. I'm hoping. Let's just. K- Casey Mize will be in the rotation by the end of this upcoming season. Really? There's no doubt about it. If you're Detroit and you don't do it, and he's been pitching the way he even pitched last year. Did you just say you're Detroiting? (laughs) Even if he doesn't pitch as well and he takes a little step back, he's still going to be in the majors because you have nobody else in the minors that will outpitch him except for maybe Matt Manning. Matt Manning is... It's tough. But uh, do you have a specific time when Mize is going to show up? I would say probably at the earliest, 
right when the, right when the summer is starting. Okay. And at the latest, it would be September call up. Yeah, I think I think a trade deadline. If they July. if they if they pick up some players that they dump at the trade line, I think Myers comes up in July. And I think if Matthew Boyd gets traded in the offseason, there's a oh, chance the, yeah, of, there's yeah. a chance Myers so, starts in the uh, on opening day. I know, wrote it down yes for 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 proof for when it comes <laughs> okay. down. So don't worry, we'll bring that up back in July. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, something you said, Corey, a minute ago uh-huh. about the Tigers yeah. and coming here and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, kind of the history. The front office. Mm-hmm. I tell you, um, if I were a young hitter mm-hmm. and I was in the Detroit organization, mm-hmm. I would hang out with Willie Horton. Heck yeah! I have I've seen him with with guys down in Lakeland. Um, you know, young kids, and he's just a teacher. Yeah. You know, he's he's kind. He's approachable, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I loved him talking about hitting a home run off Jack Morris when he got traded out, <laughs> yeah. to, out to Seattle. He told us he said he told me he said I yeah. told my wife he said I'm gonna I'm gonna hit one off Jack tonight. Yeah. He says or oh, I'm gonna be in the hospital hmm. because Jack's gonna throw me a breaking ball, and if it's a fastball, it's gonna hit me. Sure. Because I'm not bailing. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. And he took it deep. Yeah. And uh, he's just a student of of hitting it, and. And he's a kind person. That's a, one, yeah. I'm sorry. That's one of our biggest problems in our minor leagues. We got all this pitching coming up, but we have not developed the hitter. All right. Mean, what was yeah, true. I, I know we have a chance because he's top. I'm talking about guys later in the draft, developing them. We got all these guys a couple of years ago that came out and they mm-hmm. were doing great. Then all of a sudden, they're not doing anything Nothing. their second year. And, that, yep. and you have to say, wait a minute, what's going on? Is it the players? Not developing, See, or is or it just is the it wrong players? players? Right. I, I, no, I, I would like to chime in on this because <laughs> the Tigers are also behind other teams when it comes to player development in the modern day. Yes, there is so much you can learn from former players, uh-huh. but because the game is becoming so much more analytical, teams are starting back like with uh, Houston mm-hmm. and Chicago. They learn a lot of this stuff coming up. You know what? Sure. What is the tendency percentage-wise? Right. What is he? You know, he tends to throw an eighty percent fastball, ten percent slider. These are things that hitters are thinking about when they're at the plate. And for the fact that Detroit was so far behind, pretty much the rest of Major League Baseball, and they still are, because you see, you know, they're looking for more people for the analytical department down sure. in Lakeland, up here. There are so many things that our players are still kind of being taught that. Other teams are so far advanced. Houston seems to be the number one with both this pitching. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've hitting. taken pitchers. They they they're all mm-hmm. over that spin rate, and they take guys who throw mostly fastball, bring them in, and saying, "You're not going to throw that fastball so much. You're going to throw more of this yep. type ball." Right. And all of a sudden, they're way better pitchers. Oh, totally. And their hitters all come up. Man, they just come up and just hit. Yeah. I mean, what they, about, they're ready. What about scouting in the Latin countries? I mean, it doesn't seem like the Tigers have really developed some a lot of Latin last two players. years. They've made at least a stab at it. I mean, I mean they, this guy they just spent two million on. Yeah. On, they, they apparently Com- they got, they got yeah they got him when no one else was on him. Apparently they know this kid. So right. yeah. Um, well, and there are guys the top you know the ones that you see right now. These were top guys in Latin America. That when it comes to the international signings. The Tigers don't have the money that some of these other teams have because these other teams are smart enough to say, hey, in the trade, I don't want a player back. 
give me, you know, $750,000. Been preaching about that for years in my blog. Yeah. Why not trade for some money? You don't want the guy, just get a couple hundred thousand on every single mm-hmm. trade. Yeah. And, and then build it up. And you see some of these teams build up two, three extra million of to throw at uh, And that these gives lab. you an yeah. opportunity to compete with a team like New York or Boston or Houston or L.A. when it comes to these top Latin yeah. prospects that right now you're settling for second and third tier and hoping that they equivalent to a top Latin player. Right. When we traded J.D. to Arizona, I was praying for some international money, and they got nothing. I'm like, you couldn't have got... Two fifty, five hundred thousand. I would have taken five hundred thousand and two less players. Right. Give me one player and some money. But I think yeah. you know, and I miss those days because you know, Dombrowski is for as much as you know, he kind of left a sour taste in our mouth with all this money on the table. He still made some really great moves. I mean, you got to think about it. JD, we picked him up off of waivers because Houston said he couldn't hit. But that's Alavila. I'm sorry. It Alavila is. It made is. That it is because Alavila had a lot to do with a lot of big trades. But we still picked up JD off of waivers. He learned how to hit. It wasn't God-given talent. He just learned how to hit in our organization. We didn't want to try to keep him. I don't know why. I love JD. I thought he was going to be great for our organization. You look at players like uh, Doug Fister was doing terrible out in Seattle. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Out in Seattle, comes by, is boosted by Verlander, Scherzer, Porcello, Sanchez, Sanchez and he was the fifth, but honestly an ace at that time of any other ballpark. You look at players like Iglesias. We traded for him in Boston for a shortstop, shortstop. I think. And no, no, that we was went part of the ONSS. Oh, it's a Cespedes yeah, trade, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and we still get Iglesias, and he was got. He was talent. Boston knew he was talent, but obviously they didn't see him obviously coming hitting up but he was still Mm -hmm. talent i miss those days of how we actually looked at somebody past of what their what their money was and everything eugenio suarez suarez (laughs) that was a horrible move i mean it really was and he's doing projected to hit third in in cincinnati and you know what cincinnati didn't even want him they basically uh tigers had three guys Mm -hmm. and the tigers said uh since he said pick any we'll take any of the three Mm -hmm. and they wanted the other guy the name escapes me uh he played with us for like one or two outfielder? years. Outfielder? No, uh, infielder, the shortstop. Uh, um, the, the name escapes uh, me, but they, they could have sent him instead of uh, Suarez because they thought he was more athletic and was a better fielder. Are we talking about the one that just got released by um, Milwaukee? I'm or not Perez? sure. Perez? Was it Perez? Oh, yeah. Perez. Perez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perez, they took Perez yeah. over Suarez. They said, yeah. Suarez, they thought he had too slow of a bat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's funny to think about, you know, trades in the offseason and during the season when it comes to prospects because there was a bunch of trade offers. And I remember being down in the clubhouse working, and there was one name that if you said it, the Tigers automatically vetoed it because they're like, he's going to be the next big thing. And that was Stephen Moya. Yeah, have to be the biggest bust yeah. when it comes to trade offers. I mean, the Tigers could have gotten, you know, franchise-changing players sure. and given up Stephen Moya, who, yeah. in retro, and, you know, looking back, you're like, why didn't the Tigers do it? True. And in, in, at that time, it was Dave Dombrowski's say, and I think he overvalued some of these guys and undervalued guys like Eugenio Suarez, Hernan Perez, that... You're like, you look back at it, a guy like Steven Moya, he doesn't look like a built outfielder. The mm-hmm. guy was like almost, what, 6'5", six, 6'6"? Six, yeah. six? 
Should have been a first baseman. <laughs> should have been a first. He should have been a pitcher, in my opinion. Right. I mean, the guy could not field a ground ball. Yeah, and he had too many holes in his swing. I mean, he he came up and they just threw a bunch of junk at him and he couldn't hit it. Anything inside yeah. he missed. That's right. Hey, what's uh, what's going on Saturday? There's something, something big going, going on, on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, uh, this is the last week we can get into this. Well, not well, and it's over after Saturday. But uh, Juan Neal. Jake Schreier and Julian Evans Means of Labels and Logos is and Loose Cannon Flagship in Ferndale, Michigan, are going to be hosting the Michigan Sneakers Exchange at TCF Center, aka Kobo, uh, on uh, this Saturday, December seventh. What happens at a sneaker exchange? A uh, lots of things. Uh, this you know, is a little a little out of my demographic. Yeah, no, that's totally uh, that's fine. You should come and see. I gotta check it out. Yeah, you should come and see. But basically, you're gonna see a lot of uh, amazing sneakers that like. You know, from Nike and all these other brands that are pretty high-end sneakers. It's not something you go to like, you know, Kohl's yeah, for and you get them. Yeah, my, my son's told me about needing sneakers that are five hundred dollars. That's <laughs> not happening. <laughs> but there's value in this, and the, there's a culture around this that actually is really strong. And uh, if you've seen labels and logos, and if you haven't, check us out. They're on on demand on our here on, on nrmstreamcast.com. That's right, and uh, it's a great show. They Basically, go over you know swapping sneakers to latest latest fashion trends, um, but that's basically what a sneaker swap is. Well, I got to tell you, I see I see Ian here in the office wearing some really cool snazzy snazzy sneakers. I you know I don't you know I'm I don't have the class to wear those you know I don't have the self assurance right. But, they're they're very colorful yeah. and really look cool. It's amazing. I've been to a few of these uh, that they've actually put on, and they do a great job. There's music, there's vendors from all over the state and you know surrounding states. Uh, they come, they bring all their their sneakers and all their you know fashion. Uh, December seventh from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, it's a twenty dollar admission uh, online or at the door. Uh, at the TCF Center, which is Kobo, formerly known as Kobo. Um, you can get tickets at the door, but you can also get them online at Michigan Sneaker X with an X change.com. Uh, you can on tables, I think, are still available right now. So if you actually are a vendor or you want to bring your own stuff, you can buy a table. And, and who knows, you might there might even be a celebrity or two there. There might, just be, might be like a Jess Monticello. No, <laughs> but I, I've heard somebody uh, somebody cool might be there. Yeah. I've, I've just yeah. heard that. Well, just uh, just if, like throw that in. If you want to check it out and see who it is, you should come down to the Kobo Center on Saturday. So, TCF. Well, that too. TCF. <laughs> it's always going to be Kobo to us old guys. Right. So last week before you guys can uh, before they do their next one, which will probably be in spring. So yeah, this Saturday. Yep. All right. Uh, P- Pittsburgh Pirates hired uh, Derek Shelton as a new manager. Mm-hmm. Who is he? Uh, formerly of the Minnesota Twins. Well, that's a good a good legacy. Yeah. G- a good heritage, I guess. I mean, I I think whoever was going to take over Pittsburgh knew that they got their work cut out for them. Well, all I have to say is PNC Park is beautiful. It's gorgeous. I've, it's one of the major league parks I've been to, and I love it. It's right I, up there with. Uh, I, I think yeah. it's gorgeous. Great American. Um, you, you know, another one I really liked was City Field in New York, hmm. where the Mets play. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Mets, yeah. uh, a pitcher that they lost to free agency as of right now, he may resign with them. Who knows? Uh, Zach Wheeler has already been offered a one hundred million dollar contract. 
Now, some names or some team names that are kind of in the bidding for him right now are the Minnesota Twins, the Chicago White Sox, the Texas Rangers, Cincinnati Reds, and Toronto Blue Jays. And the Tigers. Along, <laughs> along with, of course, the Yankees, Phillies, Padres, and Astros. Um, I don't believe this offer came from the Chicago White Sox. They've already dealt out a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They've already dealt out the largest contract in their history. Mm-hmm. Um, so but, where's he going? But Minnesota could be an interesting one, and there is a very high possibility that he signs before the winter meetings. How many years? Uh, it didn't say, but they're guessing it's about a five-year deal. Okay. Wow. Hey, the winter meetings are going on coming up this week. And, Next week. Uh, and uh, what on the twelfth we have yeah. the rule five rule five rule five. Uh, there's a trade rumor: Mookie Betts, Francisco Lindor. You have down here both getting traded. I mean, for each it, other? No, Maybe? Not, not for each other. Okay. Um, it, this, the Cleveland Indians know their their time of competing right now with what they have is probably coming to a close. Yeah. And you could either re-sign Francisco Lindor for a lot of money, or you can trade them and get a lot of good pieces back. Man, I like that guy. And I, I even if they don't trade him in the offseason, he will be traded. That I guy mean, is if Cleveland, quick, good bat. <laughs> I like Lindor. Cleveland window, I think, as soon as they got rid of Bauer, was the first leg of them going down. They know they're in a weak division, so it's, it's hard looking at mm-hmm. their talent and saying, oh, let's throw in the towel. But realistically, Chicago's coming hard. And Minnesota. Up so there. what is what Terry Francona's timetable then? He was brought in after winning, you know, I mean, a World he, Series with Boston, and he hasn't delivered for Cleveland. Well, How long do you give him? Do you give him a, a Jim he, Leland where you just allow, he, allow him to walk away? He's got the end away? of his contract. Let's oh, be I know. They're they're not gonna. In my opinion, they're they know what's gonna happen. They know that. They're not going to be the top of the division anymore. Sure. And you're going to be barely scraping for a wild card. He's, he's going to be safe because management knows that he brings something to the team, mm-hmm. but the team's not going to be what it was. No. And you're going to lose guys like Lindor. You're going to lose guys like Jose Ramirez. You're probably going to lose Corey Kluber, or you might just trade him away just yeah. to get rid of him and get something in return. Um, but if you're if you're Cleveland and you want a quicker rebuild or a jump start on it, trading guys like Kluber, Lindor, maybe you hold on to Ramirez because you got a little bit more arbitration years with them still. Mm-hmm. Um, that's gonna be your best bet. And uh, one team that keeps coming up with that name for Lindor is the LA Dodgers, and they could possibly either ship out Corey Seager or keep him. And move him to second or third base, and but the Dodgers have so much in the in the and, minors they yep. could just give a minor league package, and and that's the and same Cleveland, thing with Cleveland, the Cleveland, Cleveland would say, you give me three top guys, L.A. Dodgers, they don't even have any room to bring a lot of these guys. Yeah, they're an organization that is so deep right now that their top three guys they can get rid of, and then in a year you're like, who were those guys? I mean, mm-hmm. you could, they could legitimately, and I don't see them doing this, but they could legitimately pull together two trades, one for Lindor and one for Mookie Betts. They got enough that you could say, okay, I can send Dustin May and one of my top catching prospects to Boston, who just traded away Sandy Leone, to Cleveland, and say for Cleveland, okay, I got these you know, top two middle infield prospects, and I'll give you a lower, um, a lower pitching prospect. 
you give me Lindor, a prospect, and some money, and there you go. Yeah. Well, well since the Tigers aren't probably going to make any of these great trades, the, the one chance of them getting some talent next week, December 12th, is going to be that Rule 5 draft, which brings me up to that Dodger uh, prospect, uh, Jordan Sheffield, former number one out of Vanderbilt from 216. And they say he has got a high 90 fastball, a nice curveball, and a wipeout uh, changeup that, uh, that you know can get lefties out. So the guy's only 20, but with an expansion of 26 uh, players this year, mm-hmm. and we do have an opening, that's my number one target. I mean, there's a lot of guys I have on the list here, but getting a guy out of the Dodgers organization with the first pick seems to be the right call. Yeah. Well, here, if you're the Tigers, you have a lot of a lot of holes to fill, right? And they're everywhere. I mean, every position. There is not a position where we have a guy for the future. Think about it. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, and 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 where do you have to be the strongest up the middle? Do we believe in either one of these catchers we have? Yeah. Do you defensively? Yes, you got to see it on the offensive side. Well, though. somebody's got to hit the ball a little bit. Yeah, come on. You know, I remember Tommy Brookins. You know, they were going to move him out every year because mm-hmm. he only hit two fifty. If the if if these guys hit two fifty, we'd be thrilled. Yeah, we have we have guys that can't hit two hundred. But mm-hmm. we don't even have guys that can really feel the position either. Our pitchers are getting balls through the infield. Who's our shortstop? You know, we don't have one. Everyone. Who's wow. our second baseman? Everyone. It yeah. may be it may be uh, the guy I liked so much this year. Uh, Harold. Harold Castro. I thought he was going to say Ronnie Rodriguez. You need to put him on a plane and right. send him to the West Coast and hope somebody over there wants him. Right yeah, field then he'll was, bat like 310 each year, season and with 40 home runs. Right field was demerit. He's yep. not ready for the big leagues. Nope. We, we could see it. I mean, nothing against the guy. He may end up being a great player, sure, but no. he's not yet. Nope. Jacoby Jones, who... Bust. Who, who, well, bust, bust, bust. Yes. Field, feels the hit. position okay, but my bust. goodness, Can't not get to the much ball. of a hitter. There is He's a free terrible. agent though for center field that the Tigers can go after. Who's that? And that's Jackie Bradley Jr., who got non-tendered by the Boston Red Sox. Wow. They had to. They had. They did. They had, they had, they had to. to. And the well, fact what, that what does he cost? He'll fetch at most for a one-year deal. I think anywhere between eight to eleven million. But I will pay him eight to eleven, 11 million. million to be my center fielder. Absolutely. On a one-year deal. Is Jackie Bradley Jr. enough to put anybody in the upper deck? Anybody? No. Not at Comerica. That's and you know it, it's a business, right? Yeah. And and. It, I look at I, I look at it. I love baseball, but, <laughs> but Major League Baseball is a business, and everybody talks about the Tigers getting ready to sell. Uh-huh. Anytime I've sold something, I tried to sell it at its highest value. Sure, the Tigers are going down in value every year now. Yeah, there's no. But they have one thing they can sell them. Their top ten minor league, you know, mm-hmm. uh, system. That's the only thing they have is. The if comes. So if you bring up Mize, this is the the gamble. If they do want to sell, they bring up Mize, and Mize isn't the real deal, value goes down. If Mize comes up and he just 
dominates. It, it dominates, and then all of a sudden, somebody might want to buy that team. Yeah. So, you know, the only guy that I'm looking forward to this season that I'm thinking I'm excited about, and it's a small excitement, I want to see Victor Reyes a full year and see if he's actually he really played well at the end of last year. Yeah, that's and a really I good mean, point. That, that fills a slot in the left or right field. He's yeah. not a center fielder. Right. No, like, no, you're right. People, like people originally thought. I think he's a left fielder. But, I don't think he has a great arm. Yeah. But you got guys also that have talent that may or may not come up at the beginning of the year. They'll be in spring training. But a guy like Isaac Parades, who... He's on the 40-man. He's on the 40-man. He'll be in spring training. He's got the glove. Does he have a bat? He's had a bat. The thing is, it's been hot and cold. And in my opinion, it's because he, while he gets consistent reps... In double A and single A, the pitchers you face are not guys that always tend to be around the strike zone. In Major League Baseball, because of the, the kind of the stricter zone that you have, you have to be more around the plate. So with some of these guys' numbers, I don't trust their minor league numbers because you may have to swing at a ball, you know, half a foot off the plate because the umpire's calling that a strike. Mm-hmm. Right. At the major league level, you'll be able to take that. And, you know, either draw a walk or get a better pitch to hit. At the minor league level, you don't always get that option. And so some of their numbers may look terrible uh-huh. or, you know, below average. And then they get up here and they could be hitting 300. And he's a guy who has a natural pure swing that he could come up here and probably hit sure. 280 to 300. Give you at least, you know, 25 doubles, 80 RBIs. Right. And I've told all you guys this before, but... This is the year where I put Garden Hire on a scale. Uh, the first two years I got it. This is the year I want to see what he does with what he has. In terms of we have players that are coming up that not may not necessarily be great as of right now, but I want to see what he does with Mize. I want to see what he does with Fiedo. I want to see what he does. If he's Kyle not going to be around. I think he's going to be gone after this year. I think and he the wants guy that they want. Record is their minor league coach that's been with them all the way right. through. You know, uh, Raybo, uh, Rebello. Oh, Rebello. Yeah, Mike Rebello. I, I think right. Mike Rebello. And they haven't announced who's going to be AAA yet, right? He's one of Sparky's yeah. boys. Yeah, yep. so, <laughs> so Rebello, he was part of that uh, Miggy trade. Yep. Yeah. You know, he went to Florida. Mm-hmm. So I think he goes to AAA, right? They haven't. They fired the AAA coach. They haven't announced the coach yet, right? Yeah. So I think he goes to AAA with all those guys that were at AA, and at the end of the year... If they haven't sold the team, Mike Rebello becomes the coach uh, to 2021. Do you think they're going to be sold? No. I think that they will be sold by 2022. I, I want to know who's interested in buying the team. Because realistically... Quicken Lanes. I think... God, uh, no. I, th- I don't think it was any secret no. that... Uh, that Mr. Gilbert was interested, yep. but I, yep. I think he has health, health issues, issues now that, yep. that may preclude that. And I was always against him buying the team. I love it that it's a Detroit, you know, a Detroit person that would have bought would buy the team. But from what you and I know, basketball and baseball are two different sports. But from what I hear of how he ran. And you know, interacted with the Cleveland, you know, he, Cavaliers. He, he casted it's, out the one, the best player in, I mean, in the league yeah. right now. You can have you know issues with sure. players, but the minute you make it public and the minute you kind of do make stuff it like, personal and like what he did, 
Yeah. That turns me off as a fan. It does. It does to me too. How can I respect the team because the owner is treating their player right. in such a manner? The best player. Have, having worked with him, mm-hmm. this is a guy that wants to win. Sure. And and it's it's Katie bar the door. Oh, we're going to win, and you're going to win my way. Now you like it, you don't like it, and if you're not loyal, I'm going to rip you. And that's what happened. We had that with Mister I when he left. When uh, LeBron, guy, when LeBron left Cleveland, uh-huh. it was public, yeah. right? And Dan was public with him. Sure, and I don't, I don't blame him. It's, it's a matter of loyalty. What the problem with professional sports is, there's no loyalty on either side. Of course not. Uh, I agree with you. No, I totally I, agree with him. I, on I, there's I, no I, loyalty I agree on either to side to an extent. Right. All right. With, All right. With, we, 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 okay. we're, we're getting. <laughs> Getting down here, I want to hear. I want to hear yes. this. What is the obscure baseball rule? Baseball rule that okay. you have. So this he, is a new feature from mm-hmm. Ethan. Last week it was about this. Uh, what happens when the manager gets ejected? Can he come back? Well, who cares? Okay. Other than so, the umpires. So, here, so here's <laughs> your question. If he, David, David, you can get in on this yep. too, but just don't say your answer. We're gonna until after the show, okay? And then okay. we're gonna post it on Facebook. Okay. You got it. The question is: If a fielder deflects a fair ball that has traveled over 250 feet into the stands, what is the result of the play? And 250 feet is a very important part in this rule. If he deflects a ball, so it's a ball that's in the air. Yep, has traveled over 250 feet. And let's and say it hits him lands, in the head, hits or him the in glove, the head, hits him or... in the glove, hits him on the shoulder, and it goes into the stands. But it has traveled over 250 feet. Why is 250 because feet? That's, because, <laughs> because that is the benchmark that this rule states. You keep saying it. If it goes over 250 feet, one thing happens. If it goes under. Something else happens. Okay, so I'm gonna and write that my is something. Down. And does it matter about. if it goes in the stands in fair or foul territory? Does not. Well, the stands will always be. Well, I guess I see what you're saying. It yeah, does yeah. not matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter if it goes in fair or foul. It has to be in fair play, though. And the umpires yeah. have to go it into the box and find out if it actually traveled 250. See, that's the weird thing. I don't know how they. Well, I think they get it like golf. You know, there's a certain range. Has this from ever where happened? I'm not sure if this rule has ever needed to take place. I'm thinking Jose Canseco on the warning. That track. was awesome, though. Are that you able? Awesome. Are you able to challenge this rule? I don't believe so. Okay. Then my I, answer, don't I don't know I don't, what my answer I mean, is then. Anymore. I can hardly wait to give Ethan a hard time about this next week when we discuss the Rule 5 draft. Hey, uh, it's been great being with you guys. Uh, thank you for being here, David. I love coming. Uh, thank you, Mr. Corey. Steven in the booth. Ethan. Whoever else is back there, thank you. This is Jess Monticello saying, let's play two.